Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries of First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org. Amen. Amen. So this uh, month we have been doing a series in which I have shared some about who I am so that you all could get to know me. And in this last uh, sermon in this series, we're going to talk about who we are. You'll hear a little bit about my understanding of leadership, but then also how that fits together as community. And so to frame that up, uh, we're going to hear a passage from Acts chapter 1. So hear now the word of the Lord. As a result, those who had gathered together asked Jesus, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Jesus replied, it isn't for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has set by his own authority. Rather, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After Jesus said these things, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going away, and as they were staring toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood next to them. They said, Galileans, why are you standing here looking toward heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So, which first day of school do you remember the best? Was it your first day of kindergarten when your parents brought you to that room and and left you there to make friends? Or maybe you moved in the middle of a school year and so your first day of school came in the middle of the year and was striking because of the uniqueness of that moment. For me, when I think about memorable first days of school, it's college that comes to my mind, particularly that that first going to college for undergrad. Um, When my dad took me there and unloaded all my stuff and left me in a dorm room, And I remember thinking as I stared around that dorm room how exciting this was because this was the first school that I had really chosen. Other schools, you know, wherever we lived, that's where I had gone. But this one I had researched and decided and I had chosen specifically to do this and I had hopes and dreams and plans for a future. But if I'm honest, I was also incredibly nervous. Because while there were a few people that I knew there, mostly I was meeting an entirely new community. And I was facing uncertain realities. And if I'm honest, I was a little intimidated by the fact that I knew I was going to be transformed by this moment. That I had chosen a path that was going to make me a new person with new gifts and new understanding. And while that's exciting, it's also in some ways terrifying. And then there was the reality that I couldn't stay in this place forever. It had an expiration date, so to speak. I knew I was only here for a little bit of time, and then I would be sent out to live in the real world. 
I don't know why I was so taken aback by that that moment, that pattern, that coming together in this place to be transformed and then be sent out. Because in reality, that pattern shows up in our lives often. We, we experience that reality over and over and over. And it's been all throughout human history. In fact, Jesus hints at it, tells the disciples basically that that's what's about to happen to them. They're going to be gathered together. They're going to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then they're going to be sent out to be Jesus's witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Gathered together, transformation, sending out. And that is, in fact, exactly what happens at Pentecost. They gather in the upper room, they're huddled behind closed doors, and then here comes the Holy Spirit blowing this wind into this space, gives them new gifts of language to carry the good news of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth, and they're scattered out. That is a pattern that we see over and over. It's even a pattern that this church has described in its vision. I love the vision that you all have articulated for this place. I'm going to read a bit of it, which is to be a mission statement to equip disciples for building relationships with people who are far from home and feel far from God. That's that exact same pattern. You're a mission station. You're a place where people come together. And then they are equipped. You're transformed. You're gifted by the Holy Spirit to then go out and reach those who are far from home and feel far from God. And I, the other thing that I love about this vision statement, it is such a beautiful articulation of what we call Lucan discipleship. So what do I mean when I say Lucan discipleship? Well, I need you to recall a sermon series from the first part of this year um, in which you guys were, were exploring the different types of discipleship in gospel discipleship. Gospel discipleship Uh, goes on this premise that each of the Gospels spells out a different way of understanding discipleship. And each of those ways will resonate differently with different people. And so the more that you learn about how you understand discipleship and how others understand discipleship around you, the better you're able to live into your own discipleship and work alongside others who may have a slightly different understanding of discipleship as you do. The wonderful thing about that is not only does it is, is empower you to be the disciple that you are called to be, but it also helps us understand who we are as a whole. Now, we have not tested enough people in this congregation yet to know um, what this church as a whole is, um, but I'm going to go on the assumption that you're Methodists. Um, and in my work um, with Gospel Discipleship, if you don't know, I am actually the author of, of Gospel Discipleship. So you, you, you started the work and then you got the author. So here you go. Um, but uh, what I discovered in working with a number of churches uh, all around the United States, actually, is that Methodist churches tend to be Lucan. Lucan disciples understand growing in discipleship through the relationships that they develop. And that's very true to who we are as Methodists. That makes sense. We have this understanding of grace in which God seeks to be in relationship with all of us. We have a connectional system in which all of our churches feel connected to each other and our pastors serve each other's churches. Um, We have this uh, long-standing history of gathering together in small groups and doing life together. It's true to who we are to be Lucan disciples. And so I'm going on the assumption that you all have at least a strong strain of Lucan in you because you have, in fact, articulated that in your vision. 
coming together with one another to grow and to learn how to be in better relationship with other people. And the pattern of Lucan discipleship is in these last words that Jesus speaks in the book of Acts, that coming together, being in community, and then going out as community to reach more people and experience more community together. So this vision that you have articulated is very true to being Methodist. But it is also incredibly appropriate for this context in thinking about who you can reach. Because, first of all, we are in a much more secular world now. It is not assumed that everyone is Christian as it was maybe 50 years ago. Um, And so people have, in some ways, disconnected from God. It doesn't mean that they don't still have the hunger. It just means that there's a high likelihood that maybe they were hurt by a spiritual community, um, or they're suspicious of it, or they've just never grown up with it in the first place. And so being part of a faith community is a foreign thing or sometimes a threatening thing for some people. So that's reaching out to those who are far from God. And then in this part of the world, it is fairly common. Many of you have relocated here for work and find yourself having to make a new home in a new place and need community in the midst of that space. So this is a very compelling vision, and I am excited to lead us into this reality, into this vision. But when we talk about a vision, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to make it happen, right? So how are we going to make it happen? Well, first, let's talk in broad terms and step back and, and acknowledge again that this is a common pattern. Coming in together, being equipped, and then moving out is not anything that's too terribly unfamiliar to us. So what we need to do as a church is for when you gather here, you bring your giftedness. You bring who you are. You bring the purpose that you have. And you share that with the people that are gathered here. And where those link up with other people with similar passions and gifts that complement each other, then we carry that out intentionally intentionally into the world. We're gonna, we should connect your passion to the passions of others in this community and then take that passion out. Okay, but that's still broad terms. Now let's talk specifics of how that's going to happen. And to do that, um, there's a lot of times nervousness when you're looking at a vision and you've got new pastors. This is a vision that was two pastors back, right? Um, so, so how's this going to work with new folks? Well, I want to talk a little bit about the way your two pastors understand their discipleship. First of all, we are gifted in Andrea, who is what we call in gospel discipleship a four-typer, which means she scores evenly across the board. She is Matthean, Mark, and Luke, and Johannine, even across the board, which means she is incredibly flexible and gifted to come into many different spaces and to walk alongside a number of different people in their discipleship. So I am grateful uh, to have her alongside me. I, on the other hand, test very strongly Mark and Johannine, almost even slightly more Mark than Johannine. Well, what does that mean? Well, Mark are driven by the Holy Spirit. Johannine's growing discipleship through mentor-apprentice relationships. And what that means in reality for, for pushing this vision forward 
are these two things. First of all, as a Marken, I believe that every single one of you, every single one of you, I don't care how old you are, every single one of you is gifted by the Holy Spirit to some unique and powerful purpose. And the very fact that you came into this building, and I don't care when you got here, 50 years ago or five minutes ago, the very fact that you came into this building means that you felt drawn in some way to express that giftedness here. So I want to find out what your gifts are. I want to find out what your passions are. I want to know what it is that's driving you in the door, that's making you hungry to connect to God and God's people. And then as a Johannine, Johannines are very passionate about making sure that you're well prepared when you leave this place. That you've had all the equipping, which is in your vision statement, that you've had all the equipping that you need to then take that gift out and share it with the world. So here's what I need you to do. I need every one of you, every one of you, to have a conversation with myself or Andrea. We have a pattern for that conversation so that we get some consistency across it. But I need you to come in in the next year. At some point, come sit down and talk with us. We're going to ask you a number of different things. We're going to ask you your discipleship type. We may ask you if you've had the Enneagram, what that means. We're going to ask how you're serving and if that's meaningful for you. But at the heart of this conversation are going to be four questions. These are the four questions I need you to be thinking about and ready to answer when you come in the door. And thank you to those that got sort of ambushed by me that several people have come in to see me in the past couple of weeks and I said, hey, we're going to have a conversation real quick. And they've just had to come up with these answers on the fly. So God bless them. Um, So here are the four questions you're going to be asked. When did you most feel like a disciple of Jesus Christ? Or if you are new to the faith, when did you feel like your life had the most purpose? Second question is, what breaks your heart? Third question is, what makes your heart sing or what brings you joy? And then the fourth question is, and this is the one that's hardest for people to answer. If there were no limitations, if you had all the money you needed, access to as many people, as much energy as you had, if there were no limitations at all, what would you do? And I have to tell you, that those conversations reveal so much about the passion that God has laid on your heart. Now, once we've had those conversations, Andre and I will be in conversation about those conversations, and we'll start to see ways that you can serve meaningfully. I've already seen it. I've already identified two people that can be confirmation mentors. Um, I've already identified four people that will be good on the online engagement team. I've already identified two people that will be on finance committee. I've already seen some passions and some giftedness at work and that can serve within this church. But the other thing that I'm already seeing is a thread of passion that's running through all of the conversations. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I need to make sure that this is the vision God has for us. Right? I need to hear from you. I need to know this is your passion. And as we've done that, we'll be able to see what we as a whole, as a community, are meant to do. How we're meant to serve this corner of God's world. 
And then we will also be able to lean into that corporately. So I'll start being able to say, you and you need to have a conversation. You all have similar passions. You and you have similar giftedness. I need you all to start talking together. So we'll start bringing people together that maybe don't know each other. You don't know everybody that's in the other service. But maybe you have similar passions and we need to bring that in line with one another. And then we'll be able to preach from the pulpit to equip you in ways that are meaningful for your passions and your giftedness. You'll see some of that actually starting next week. We'll talk about spiritual gifts. And we'll be able to lean into the big vision that God has for this community. People have asked me as I've gotten here, what's your vision for this church? And I said, my vision is to come here and see the vision. I don't have the vision. We have the vision. We have the vision. We are equipped with a Pentecost language. The Holy Spirit is here in our Pentecost language. You know, when Peter's talking on Pentecost, he says, your elders will dream dreams, your young will have visions. That's true. You all have dreams and visions for who you can be, who this church can be, and what meaning there is for this community. The difference it can make. I need to hear those stories so we can lean into that vision. And then above all things, we need to remember that our purpose is not to stay here. It's not to to sit in this comfortable space and be equipped for ourselves. No. We got to get out of here. We got to reach these populations that you've named, and it's especially important to leave this place to reach those populations. Because in the first place, if, we're, if someone is far from home, we are strangers. And so it's intimidating to come into a stranger's house. It's much better if the stranger comes to you and says, hello, you're new here. Let me welcome you. But then when we talk about those who feel far from God, there's no way they're coming in here. Short of the Holy Spirit pushing them in the door. Because they've been hurt by a place like this. And so we have to go there. We have to go there and be present there. What last day of school do you remember? I think for most of us, it's one that comes with a graduation. Maybe we don't remember the last day in the classroom, but we remember, we remember when we graduated from a place. And do you remember how that felt? Do you remember how it felt a little bit scary, but also like the whole world was at your feet? This moment that Jesus has called to the disciples, he was laying the world at their feet. Jesus still does that for us, lays the world at our feet. So I want us to think every Sunday is graduation Sunday. Every Sunday we have come in, we have been equipped, we have been celebrated, and we're sent out. We have that invitation every week. So every Sunday, move the tassel from one side to the other and get ready to reach Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth for Jesus Christ. 
Thanks once again for joining us on the Gathering Podcast. Grace and peace, y'all.